is a Tuesday morning. Hope y'all slept well. Hope y'all having a good day, good start to your week. Even though it's cloudy outside. I like how in Florida it starts out sunniest. You'll see, it'll be like, oh, it might be a nice day today. And then the clouds just come and mess up your parade. <laughs> but that's Florida for you. You don't know what you're going to get. You're raining one day, sunny the next. Or one side sunny, one side rain. But enough about the weather. You know, let's talk about sports. You know, second day of doing this whole sports broadcasting, podcasting, you know, still getting the groove of it. So second day, I want to talk about SEC coaches. So in everyone's opinion and in my newly formed opinion, the SEC is the best all-around conference in college football, bar none. They produce a lot of talent. I, don't, I won't say they produce the most effective talent, but you know their talent is in the league whenever there's a player that's a dog. So, you know, you have your Jadavian Clownies, you know, you have your, you know, Patrick Pearson, Odell Beckham's, Jarvis Landry's, all came from the SEC. So, let's talk about the coaches. So, and we're only going to talk about these uh, four or five particular coaches that are really relevant because really all the other coaches either knew or haven't really done anything during their tenure at their respective colleges. No offense, but, you know, the truth hurts. So, here's my list for the top coaches in the SEC. So, obviously, without even having to think twice, Nick Saban. Nick Saban is, I think, the greatest college football coach to ever step on a football field. Record speaks for itself. His time at Alabama, he's gone 152 wins and only 23 losses. So that stat in itself should tell you a lot that whenever he steps on the field, the man's mind is on winning. Don't know how he does it. Don't know his routine. Actually, he tells us his routine, but it's still like I'm sure many other coaches have his routine, but the talent he's able to recruit every year, the wins he's able to get, the domination, because there was a time when it was just Bama and everybody else. <laughs> like, uh, I would watch a Bama game and maybe for the first half for kicks and giggles, and then by the second half, I, that would be my nap. Because I'll be like, Bama's about to win this, like, no matter what. They'll find a way to win. They'll either... The, the Bama have had a good record of letting a team stay in the game for a little bit, make it interesting, and then as soon as you think it's going to be an interesting game, defensive touchdown, a quarterback throws an 80-yard bomb touchdown, a running back runs an 80-yard touchdown, something explosive happens, and the game is over as soon as it started. That's the power that Nick Saban holds in the SEC. Recently, it hasn't been the case. In a few years, you know, they had the two old Miss fluke years. Last year, he lost to LSU and Auburn, you know, but, but that happens with the game. You know, people adjust, people sometimes catch you when you're not aware, but still, bar none, the greatest college football coach in history, in my opinion. Want to argue? You can argue with me. And what he's been able to bring to the game as well, like people wanting to set the standard. Whenever you ask a new coach, his standard or who is a coach that they think is the most successful, they'll say Nick Saban. So, obviously. And 
of Fun Fact in case anyone knows, none of his apprentices have beat him yet. He is, I think, 11-0, 12-0, 13-0. He's undefeated against his disciples that, you know, trained under him in LSU, Michigan State, all that good stuff. So he is undefeated against that. So that's a good record in itself. So that's Nick Saban. Second on the list, Coach Ed Ogeron, who is one of my personal faith coaches just because of his love for the university, his love for LSU, his passion, the way he gets fired up. It's almost like he would be willing to suit up for his team if need be. So that's the kind of vibes I get from Coach O. And I get a sense of genuineship because sometimes you know when a coach is just you know, doing things for the camera and all that. And then the team doesn't transpire, but he actually has built a family base with the fan base and also the players. So why did I say Coach O? Well, this is his, I want to say, fourth going into his fifth year, fourth or fifth year, because he started out as an interim when LSU fired Les Miles in 2016 when they went one and two. And then he, in turn, basically gave them a whole turnaround and then saved the season, in a sense, and had them go 6-2. and two. So they finished off the year, I want to say 8-4, and 9-4, and four, something around those lines. It's a lot of numbers to keep up with. So if I'm wrong, please, you can hit me up and correct me, those who know me, and I can uh, fix it the next podcast. But the record he has is 40-9. and nine. So 40 wins... As a startup coach in the SEC, that's not a bad, that's not a bad look. <laughs> that's not a bad look at all. I mean, the SEC is a tough place to win, is a tough place to play. There have been many colleges that had a whole bus full load of coaches because they weren't able to win in the regard to their university thinking they should win. Your Arkansas, your Texas A&M, your old misses, your Mississippi States. I mean, you, you have coaches either a, a retire or leave or go to another coaching gig or they get fired, and it's usually the latter. But Coach O has built his standard, has built his winningness, has, has built his toughness, his stick to and he has built a great program. Or he is building a great program for LSU. And you got to think, the the way he has transpired the LSU program from what it was known for to what it is now in just a four-year span is quite amazing itself. When you thought LSU, you thought, uh, well, they're a good team, but you know they're not a great team. They'll get maybe eight or nine wins. And there was a time I thought LSU was cursed from ever getting a 10-win season, no matter what it was, because it was, it was either a fluke loss in a bowl game or just uh, plundering whenever they lost to Alabama and not winning the game they should have won because of the Bama hangover. So it was a time when I was like, I may never see LSU dang near get 10 wins again. But he changed that perspective last year. And I won't say last year. I want to say when Joe Burrow came his first season, not Coach O's first season, but Joe Burrow's first season, when they were able to get 10 wins. I knew then I was like, okay, Coach O is getting a good starter up. He's trending the right way. because And then me being a personal fan of Coach O, I wanted him to be able to be successful because, like I said, I liked his vibe and everything. So Coach O, you know, going in, winning a championship as 
quickly and as efficiently as he, as he did and being able to show that his process worked. And, you know, the hell with all that. Oh, but he had, you know, he had, uh, he had a senior quarterback. You know, he had a basically an NFL-type quarterback. He had an NFL-type system. You know, Joe Brady did all this. Okay. And he went out and cr- recruited most of those people. He went out and recruited Joe Brady. So you can't just say it was Joe Brady. It was just Steve. And like that, that, that's, that's war. Because if you want to do that, then let's, let's talk about Bama. <laughs> let's talk about Bama. You think it's just Saban there doing all the work? If so, he won't even need assistance. He wouldn't need coordinators. That's any coach. So really, I don't get that argument on you only won because you had this, that, and that, and this, and that. No, it's a team effort. It's a team sport. So throw that excuse out the water. So anyways, Coach O doing good things in LSU. I'm excited for LSU's future as well. We'll see if it was just a one-trick pony, but I think that Coach O started something special at LSU. All right, third on the list. Good old Kirby Smart. Now, I know I'll get some flack from my Florida fans, from my Florida friends, because they feel like Kirby's not... I won't say they think Kirby's not that good. They just don't like Kirby, but, you know, it's Georgia-Florida rivalry, you know, that thing. And it's, let me tell you something. If you're on Twitter, it is hilarious seeing Florida fans and Georgia fans go at it. That's probably the top tier moments in Twitter is when those two fan bases go at it. It's hilarious. See all sorts of debates and everything down to something that happened years ago. And it's amazing to me how the football mind can stretch that far. Because, you know, I pride myself on trying to have a good memory, but sometimes I forget. I don't forget much about sports, especially college football. Like, I can, I want to say I can respectably <laughs> spew football facts at the whim, like a dictionary. But anyway, let's go back to uh, Kirby Smart. The reason I think Kirby Smart is the third best coach in the SEC, because, you know, Georgia and, and LSU were kind of in the same boat, you know, with Mark Ritt. And Mark, how be it being a good Georgia coach, he never could get Georgia over that hump. He had some years when he could. And I think that year in 2012 when, you know, you had Todd Gurley, Aaron Murray, Green and all that, I thought, I was like, okay, that's a team that can finally get Georgia over the hump. But when they didn't beat Bama, I was like, okay, this is just going to be a 9-10 to win team. But then I was shocked when they fired him. I said, I mean, really? You fired You fired uh, Mark Ritt? I mean, he was, he was giving you 9-10 wins a year. And then Kirby's first year, when he went 8-4, and four, I was saying, so why did you even fire Mark Ritt? Y'all getting the same results y'all did with Kirby Smart. And I believe they lost to Florida his first year as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I was basically saying, you're getting the same results with Kirby that you were getting with Mark. So what's the difference here? But gradually, Kirby started hitting the curveball. And his second year, that's when you were like, oh, okay, these... These these dogs may be some dogs. (laughs) So, you know, his record in the SEC as a head coach is 44 and 12. Now, here's what I think. I won't say Kirby's overrated, but Kirby's overrated. (laughs) Because, in my opinion, his second and third year, Georgia was bar none 
a better team to win two championships back to back. So, what happened? Oh, I forgot. Nick Saban happened. And he pulled the same thing he did in the championship. Nick Saban had started Jalen Hurts. Hurts wasn't performing, brought in Tua. Georgia defense wasn't prepared for Tua. Next thing you know, we all know second and 26. You know, Bama fans won't let you forget it. Then the year after that, SEC championship game against who? Bama. Guess what Nick Saban does? Tua gets hurt. Tua's not playing the way that he should. They bring Jalen Hurts. Georgia defense hasn't prepared for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts wins them the game. And then so Georgia, in my opinion, has had ample time to rev up the engine and to, oh, and can I just just say, I'm sorry, whoever, who, a Jake Fromm fan, but Jake Fromm, Jake Fromm is grossly overrated. Let's just put that out in the air. He is grossly overrated. People were actually shocked when he went undrafted or whatever. I'm like, how are you not shocked? The man is severely overrated. The only time that man really turned up was against Florida. For whatever reason, he turned into Drew Brees, Tom Brady, whatever you want to call it, whatever Hall of Fame quarterback. He became a Hall of Famer against them. But everyone else, he mid. He's a mid quarterback at best. He has somewhat good footwork. It feel, feel like he's scared to throw a bomb unless the man is wide open. He don't take that many risks. A few passes, it's like I could have gone out there and thrown a duck. So I never got the love affair with Jake Fromm. I'm a Justin Fields guy. I knew as soon as Justin Fields transferred, I said Ohio State is either going to go to the playoffs or win the whole thing. Guess what? Justin Fields and Ohio State went to the playoffs and almost should have won the Clemson. But that's another story for another day. But you, you, you understand, hopefully some of you understand where I'm coming from when I say Jake Fromm was not all he was hyped up to be. He was getting comparisons to, you know, Drew Brees, you know, to uh, all the, you know, all the top tier quarterbacks that have either been in the league for a while or just got into the league. I'm like, no. And I got killed for it. I got killed for saying Jake Fromm is not that good. But then as people started watching and watching the tape, they realized what I was saying. He's not that good. But going back to Kirby, enough about the Jake Fromm affair. To me, Kirby is not overrated, but it, I feel like he could have done more with what he has, you know. But I feel like he has enough time to try to get a championship as a head coach. He has plenty as a defensive coordinator with Nick Saban. All right, last on my list, Dan Mullen. Now, Dan Mullen is, I, I'm not going to lie, when Florida first got Dan Mullen, I was like, this is not this is not even a good hire. I'll come out and say it. I say it wasn't a good hire. I say it was an overrated hire. I was like, Florida's still going to be, what, a seven or eight win team. But boy, was I wrong. And being a Florida State fan, selling out for Taggart, I regret that my entire life. Because Florida got the good end of the deal, and Florida State got a horrible end of the deal. 
Now, I like Coach Taggart, good person, everything. I just don't think Florida State was his type of environment. I think he's more of, you know, a, a lower level, D2, not D2, you know. I think he'll prosper at FAU, hopefully, hopefully. But going back to Dan Mullen, in his time as a head coach, he is, well, at Florida. So, at Florida as a head coach, he is 21-5. So, went 10-3 and his first year. 11 to a second. Now, here's where I think Dan Mullen has to hit the ground running sooner or later. His recruiting classes, people have, you know, knocked down that he can't recruit, but he's had two straight number nine classes and a number 11 class when he first got hired, which isn't bad, but when you're trying to go with, you know, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, all of them, you have to put into account that recruiting sometimes makes a difference and who you beat is a big deciding factor on who's going to, who's going to make that final push to say, Hey, maybe I'll flip and go to Florida, see what those boys are up to. But if you constantly lose into the other team, then they're probably going to stick to their commitment and say, Hey, I'm trying to go where I'll have a chance to at least play for an SEC title or a national championship. And Florida hasn't been to an SEC title game since 2016, which is a long time, but you know, in the good old Florida days, Florida was one of those teams where you were like, oh, yeah, they're going to the SEC championship, like, bar none, easily. And Dan Mullen is slowly, I think he's going through the coach O progress process. I think he's, I think he's slowly building up the culture. I think he's slowly building up his wave of life. I think he's slowly building up his chance to beat Georgia because I know Florida fans are itching to beat Georgia because, you know, like I said, that fan base is passionate and does not like Georgia at all. So I think they, I think Dan Mullen, I think this year, the year that maybe Florida will creep up and beat Georgia because I think they have the momentum. I think they have the talent, but we have to see what, like uh, my pops always says, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy and Joe's, which basically means you can draw up a good play all you want, but it's up to the players to actually execute. But I personally think that Dan Mullen can, or he has technically turned the program way around because before he got there, they had a four and eight year. So to come in there and go 21 and five your first two seasons, I mean, that's, that's impressive on the board. But can he get a recruiting base that can be, you know, top five that can compete with Bama? Because right now I still don't think, I still think that Bama still has that edge. I still think Georgia has that edge at LSU. LSU kind of has that edge, but, the, you know, that LSU-Florida match was always a toss-up every year because that's, that's I think, has become one of the best rivalries in sports, bar none. So we'll see what good old Dan is doing. Again, these are just my opinions, you know. if you, you It's okay to disagree. If you want to disagree, it's no problem. You know, if you want, you know, a person want to talk to me about why you think my list is wrong, hey, do as you may. Not knocking any of the coaches, but just my opinion on what I think. So, hope you guys have a good Tuesday. It's been good talking to you. I'll see you in a few, probably tomorrow. Bye.